Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. Good evening and welcome to another episode of That's Truth, live here on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. I'm Nathan Owen, sitting behind the desk, and sitting across the desk from me, filling in for Pastor Murphy, is Brother Nestor Campbell. He is a very familiar voice here on the Radio Lighthouse, not only has he filled in multiple times for Pastor Murphy, including the last couple of weeks, but also be sure that you tune in for his program, Love and Service, on Monday and Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Brother Campbell, before we jump into your continued teaching uh, on the family and different aspects of how to have the best God-honoring families that we can, we have a question that has come in, but if you would like to ask a question, again, this is a live interactive program, so if you have a question, maybe it's not a question that you have, but a question that someone asked you and you're not sure exactly how to answer it, Maybe it is something that you know the answer to, but you've heard a lot of people asking it. Go ahead and ask it. And there are other people out there who I'm sure have the question and would benefit from hearing it answered from a biblical worldview. Brother Campbell, welcome back to the studios. It's good to have you back. Thanks. Thanks very much, Brother Nathan. And um, I certainly appreciate the kind uh, gesture of Dr. Murphy to invite me to fit in for him for these few weeks. It's really been a pleasure and um, I must say that I've listened to his program and I think it's one of the best analytical programs that I've heard anywhere Mm -hmm. and um, I think uh, credit to our brother for his research for his uh, closeness to the Lord because they're so biblical, uh, those responses. And we trust that um, God will bless him while he's on vacation and that very soon we'll be hearing more of him. Yes. In the meantime, we are honored to have you here. And let me start out with a question that's come in since our last episode last week. This is a WhatsApp question from a listener says, good day. Three or four years ago, I got married and everything started out okay. But now things are very different. There is no respect. He has begun to drink and smoke. And he has become very disgusting. Now his son is disrespecting me also. His father is not bringing him up to be a good son in the right way. And they are doing the same thing. 
The father told me I can't tell him how to raise his son, and these things have gotten me very upset. Brother Campbell, from a biblical worldview, how do you answer such a heartfelt question? It is not easy to do, my brother, because uh, I am not close to the situation. Um, We are hearing the question as posited by the wife. Um, In situations like those, I would normally ask for a meeting of both parties and uh, get a, a, a better perspective of where things went wrong because here we have a marriage that started off well. I would also imagine that there were no signs, no symptoms that would indicate this this downward spiral that obviously has taken place in the marriage because uh, we need to be forewarned. Um, We need to do due diligence as as the world would say it's not a uh, a biblical perspective as such but it is as um, the proverbs would say go to the ant thou sluggard consider her ways and be wise and everything we seek God's wisdom so when persons are persons out there who are contemplating marriage you should do your investigation and you should um, have some idea of where things are likely to go before enter into the bond of marriage. Um, in this case, I imagine there were no signs um, because the questioner seems to be quite surprised by the development that has taken place after just two or three years. Uh, of being together. The, so let us say that those signs were missed. There are other things now that we can look at. Now that we are in this situation, and I'm saying we because I as a listener, the questioner as a, uh, an interested party, her husband being the other interested party, and maybe the little son. But um, the question that one has to ask now is when did this downward movement begin and how did it begin? Is there something well, it's easy to find the, the, the problem uh, from as caused by the other person but we also need to examine ourselves and see if we may have contributed in some way to this development, this negative development, um, and to confess it and to deal with it. Once we, you know, once we identify that there was a problem and that I may have contributed to that problem, I confess it. And I seek to um, have the situation rectified. Um, by both persons coming together and communicating. Now, it's difficult to communicate when alcohol becomes part of the problem because alcohol is its own master in in some ways, and it takes uh, divine help for deliverance from that. 
That's the kind of problem that Jesus speaks about in Matthew chapter 17, I think verse 5, where, not verse 5, sorry, it's later in Matthew chapter 17, where he says, This type goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And uh, that's after the Mount of Transfiguration experience, when Jesus is now coming down, he meets with this father who had a son that was demon-possessed, and the disciples were not able to cast out the demon. So they turn to, he, he turns to Jesus, and uh, later, after Jesus passed out the demons, the disciples ask, why weren't we able to do it? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, well, he explained the matter of faith and so forth, and then he said, but this type goeth not out, but by fasting and prayer. And there are problems in marriage that will only be defeated and overcome by fasting and prayer, uh, just as in the case of bringing up a child. I know I'm going on on this, but let me just rush through the points that come to my mind. One, we missed the boat because the indicators were not picked up if they were there. Two, we've gotten into the problem. And it is critical because of the presence of alcohol, which removes reasoning and reason from the situation and the consideration. Three, we've got to find out uh, what role both parties played in this situation coming about. We've got to be honest and find out, have I been nagging? Have I been complaining about the son, you know, to the point where the father becomes offended. Um, These questions must be asked and answered. And I'm not trying to say that this is the case, but it must be looked at just in case it is the case so that it can be dealt with. And then we need to face it head on with the uh, other party. It must be discussed in an honest way in a civil tone and uh, with good reasoning behind it. And the purpose of that discussion must be to resolve the problem, not to force the other one to accept blame. Because sometimes we have to take the blame in order to pacify the other person and resolve the problem. That's a part of my answer, but (laughs) it's been going on a while. (laughs) Well, thank you for that practical information, not only for the listener who shared this heartfelt question, but I'm sure there's others that are experiencing similar circumstances or situations or may face them or a coworker may face similar situations and come asking for advice. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much to the individual who sent in that question, and I pray that you find a God-honoring solution in a timely manner and... Uh, one question that did come to my mind is I'm wondering uh, if both partners uh, claim to be believers, uh, followers. Uh, I suppose uh, how that is answered uh, may determine somewhat how you proceed with uh, addressing the issue. Would you, is that a true statement? or It is. Uh, we have already uh, some kind of indicate, indication that this may not be a gen, what we will consider as a 
Christian environment. Um, we would not normally expect that a person who is a believer in Christ would so easily and readily fall into the habit of alcohol and uh, would encourage the son to be disrespectful to his stepmother. Um, I think that um, those uh, are not good signs, which brings us to what may well be, well, what we, we are quite sure is the number one solution. Whether they will accept it or not is another matter, but the number one solution is to confess our sins before the Lord, to, for them to confess their sins before the Lord, for them to commit their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, that He would be Lord of their lives. And many people so are so focused on baptism, I got baptized and I am baptized and I will be baptized, that they do not understand that it is a relationship with Christ in which Jesus Christ becomes Lord or controller of your life, in which you ask, like Paul said, what will thou have me to do, Lord? And uh, commit totally to following him, including where he says, love your wife, your wife, as Christ, as Christ loved the church. Uh, that's what his word says. And uh, similarly, the wife should... Uh, be respectful to her husband. Thank you again to the individual who sent in that question. If you have a question, and it doesn't have to pertain to our topic tonight, it can be about any aspect of life and what the Bible, from a biblical worldview, how we should answer the question. You can call and ask your question live on the air by calling 268 462 7420. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Or you can go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page and comment your question in the comment section on the Facebook Live video feed, and it'll get asked to Brother Campbell live on the air. And Brother Campbell, the last uh, week you were continuing a series on the family, a series that you had started, or a topic that you had started discussing a couple of years ago here when you were filling in for Pastor Murphy on That's Truth. And last week you were talking about the family, and this week we're going to continue that but shift more to the finances, finances and marriage. And I just was doing a little uh research today and money is one of the top reasons for divorce. One money is one of the top reasons for conflict in marriage. And something I found really interesting even without discussing marriage, just Christians. Here's a study that was done by the Gallup Research Organization in 2018. And this is among Christians. What they say is their ultimate financial goal in life. In 2016, those that were questioned, only 6% of Christians said, my goal is to be debt-free. 15% said, my goal is to support the lifestyle I want. 
almost three times as much focused on their lifestyle as on being debt-free. Now, uh, I know you'll get into a lot more information, and I'm not here uh, even implying that a Christian shouldn't get a loan for when there's a need. I'm sure you'll discuss whether or not that's the case, and I'm just trying to whet everyone's appetite, but those numbers really surprised me and seemed to be out of uh, out of balance. But as we discuss this topic of finances and marriage, do you believe that in order to be have a healthy, God-honoring marriage, that you have to have the finances under control? Or can you just have your finances just happen however they want to and still have a marriage that is as productive as you believe God would have us to have? Well, thanks for that research that you have done. And that is something that has been known for decades, for well, over the years and over the ages. And as you mentioned, the fact that um, many divorce cases uh, come about because of uh, money, problems with money. I also think that some of those cases would have uh, been ones in which the, 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 the desire for marriage had to do with money. There are people who speak to me even at this time, uh, meaning within recent times, who feel that uh, marriage could be a solution to their own financial problems. You know, if I had somebody with me to share the rent, you know, that sort of thing. And um, the cost of living is so high you know, it's difficult for one to live alone and, and survive. So money becomes a motivating factor that drives people into relationships. Now, when you go into the relationship with money as your uh, primary concern, then you end up with a problem because so often with that attitude, there is not what is necessary to um, to be able to overcome financial problems. What I mean by that is that if the desire is to, as you mentioned, some people wanting to finance a certain lifestyle, if your desire is, if a person's desire is to finance a certain lifestyle, a certain what they might consider standard of living. If they want to finance that and they go into their marriage and they believe that that is the way to finance it, apart from the fact that the guy is humorous or the, girl, the, the, the young lady is uh, very conversational, you know, one or two other reasons for going into that marriage. But somehow at the back of their minds is money. Then when the money problem comes about in the marriage, that is uh, a little uh, indication that that marriage is not going to last, mm. you know, because it's not fulfilling its purpose. So hence we do have many divorce cases occurring 
because of money problem. But um, the need for structured approach to finance is something that not just Christians need to um, adhere to, but any family, any family, any couple uh, getting married and bringing up a family must consider a structured approach to finance. I did a course many years ago on um, managing finance. It's part of my training when I was in insurance business. And uh, there was a particular course designed, they say, for people in my situation. And they took the reason for that out of the experience of Canadian uh, individuals who are in a similar field and were successful and uh, and uh, kept earning more and more but never being able to overcome uh, the challenges of finance because the more they earned the more they spent mm. you know so it was uh, it was just a matter of spending more all the time and in the training that they provided they encouraged the participants in the program to recognize certain things. And some of these things I, I, I hope to bring out as we go along. But you have got to recognize, I would say off the cuff, the, uh, the, the, the standard of life that your finances can afford. And you've got to act on that. It may well mean, okay, my, I have the finances to, to satisfy a life, um, to, to meet a lifestyle that costs $5,000 a month. And therefore, if I am to survive successfully, I would probably have to operate as if I were only earning 3500 or 4000 you know, because things can change as they're doing right now as we speak. Things can change dramatically. We can have inflation changing the cost of essential items and uh, taking us in a tailspin that we never expected. Hence, we prepare for that by lowering the standard a bit. And, you know, in, uh, there's a little thought that came to my mind. Um, and that is that we shouldn't seek immediate gratification. You know, some of the things we can put off for later so that we can better prepare a foundation, a financial foundation on which to build our family life. And that applies to the believer that's listening. It also applies to the unbeliever. It does. Mm-hmm. Very, very valid point there. I appreciate you bringing that up. You're listening to That's Truth, a live interactive call-in program on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Not only are you listening, we are thankful that you are listening. And you can call and ask your question. It can be about marriage. It can be about family. It can be about finance. It can be about the Bible, why the Bible teaches a certain thing or doesn't touch on a topic what the Bible does say about a particular topic. Whatever your question is, you can call and ask it live on the air, 
268-462-7420. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Or you can send us your question in the comment section on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page. Look for the Facebook Live video feed and then comment right there on tonight's live feed. And no matter how you are joining us, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on 1160 AM, 92.3 FM, or online at radiolighthouse.org, or maybe you have found some other way to join us tonight, welcome and thank you for participating in tonight's program. Brother Campbell, you just mentioned that one of the key things is living within the standard of life that I can support. Or another way of saying that might be the financial means of the family. Can you develop that a little further? Uh, to, to identify the financial means of the family, one has to budget. That's the word that we would use. One has to sit down, uh, well, maybe two parties, and if it's in a marriage, but even for single people, persons, there is a need to do that, sit down, uh, that that go to the aunt, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, approach to life. And it applies to all of us. That's a message to all of us. And uh, I would say budgeting helps one to find one's financial limitations and to set boundaries for expenditure. When you set about making a budget, you'll probably list all the things that you want. Uh, if, if you have any training in budgeting, you will know that you will have to do some listing. Uh, but the, when you get down into your budget, then you will realize, I can't afford all of these things, or I can't afford all of all of these things. Uh, in other words, I might want to have uh, I might want to have a gallon of ice cream on my list, and you say you don't have to say I can't afford ice cream, but you can say I cannot afford a gallon of ice cream. Uh, so Start you might out not with a cone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we have to make some choices there, but spending. Uh, without budgeting or spending outside of the budget, and that's a real danger one. You know, you can sit down and make your budget and then spend outside of the budget, and that's that's uh, begging for trouble. That spells trouble. So spending without budgeting should be avoided at all costs. You keep referencing uh, not to spend beyond what the budget. Should the budget be for the day? Should the budget be for the week? Budget for the month? For the year? What do you, from your experience uh, and from what you have researched, what do you think is the wisest approach there? There is a, uh, there's good reason for all of the above. Uh, because you you would normally budget based on the um, the earnings and the period of earnings. There are some people who are paid for fortnightly, some are paid weekly, some are paid 
monthly and of course some get their pay at the end of the day you know there are lots of domestic workers who get paid at the end of the day so it could be done based on all of the above uh, a, a good thing is uh, because we have to plan both in the short term the medium term and the long term a good thing would be having done the monthly to also do an annual because there are some items that you will put down as monthly but you will actually be paying them annually you know uh, for example there's some insurance policies uh, like a house insurance that is normally paid annually but you have to budget for it monthly uh, because you're paid monthly and you don't wait until December comes January I'll have to have that and then on December salary you think you're going to find $5,000 for your house insurance that's not being practical it's got to be divided uh, into 12 month monthly portions and then at the end of the year you have it there for the next year for the individual who says brother Campbell I find myself living paycheck to paycheck what advice do you have that also comes about from failing to budget. Uh, we, that is where you go for immediate gratification. So, okay, the check has just come in. We need to have a good meal today. We've missed out on uh, what we would have liked to have over the past week because we had, were out of cash. And so we run to the supermarket and we buy and... Um, the end of that is that before the second week or third week of the month, every cent is finished. And again, you have to wait for the next paycheck. So it's not even uh, paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck may not be as bad as it sounds. If you are going to be able to uh, meet all your needs until the next paycheck. Uh, and of course, your needs would include saving. That's <laughs> that will come later, I suppose. But in our discussion, but uh, the the problem is where some person says there are too many, too few weeks left in their paycheck. You know, <laughs> so that you have three weeks left in the month, but you only have two weeks left on your paycheck. And that comes from uh, failing to budget or to sticking with the budget that you have prepared. Anything else you'd like to mention about living within the financial means as it relates to the importance of budgeting before we move on to another aspect of marriage and finances? Yes. Uh, as I said, uh, um the spending without budgeting will lead to that paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck situation, which is really an uncomfortable situation. But it also results in uh, important needs of the family not finding itself on the shopping list. And these may include uh, vitamins or supplements for the children, or for the adults for that matter. It may include medication. So we find ourselves... Uh, in need for cereal, 
or um, or the starch or some protein. We've got to go buy the meat. We've got to buy some starch. We've got to get some cereal. And there's no room for the supplement. So our ch children go to sleep to school and they're drowsy and sleepy and the teachers may not understand what is happening and uh, may come down on the child and come down on the parents and embarrass the child. And it's all because they could not get on that shopping list items that were essential for the good health and well-being of the children. That comes from uh, problems with budgeting. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is five minutes after 8 p.m. Thank you for listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Thank you for participating in tonight's episode. Again, this is a live interactive call-in program. You can call and ask your question by calling 268-462-7420. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Or you can email us your question at crl.com truth at gmail.com that's all one word no space no no apostrophe crl that's truth at gmail.com we are talking this evening about the importance of budgeting for success in marriage um, the importance of having your finances planned and obviously there's going to be surprises, Brother Campbell. If you have a surprise in you, the finances in your marriage, does that mean that you are wrong with God, that you have done some horrible sin? Surprise with the finances in the marriage. Uh, like if, I, if, if I have everything all planned out and then some unexpected uh, something comes along and the TV preacher was saying, God will bless you. Everything will go well if you if you are right with God. But suddenly, financially, my life is falling apart. Does, is that hold water that something's wrong with me between me and God? I don't think so. Uh, nonetheless, I must say that if we uh, allow the Lord to lead us and follow his leading, he has a way of preparing us for these surprises. Um, and uh, as I said at the very outset, that if we, in planning our financial activities within the family, we even bring our the, the, the standard that we want for ourselves down a bit so that there is... Uh, there is enough for a saving. My, my, my point, one, one, of, one of the things I learned in, in one of the training courses I did years ago is that saving is paying yourself. You pay yourself. So just as your employer pays you a check, you determine that I will pay myself 10% or 5% of that check. And that is not going to be touched. Hence, when the surprise comes, it might be a surprise that others can't handle. 
but a surprise that you can handle because you are preparing for that when you put aside that saving. So saving, um, let me say immediately that putting aside what is for the Lord is number one on number one activity. And I don't even like to put it like that, that the first activity is to put aside what is for the Lord. It is the Lord's. And so it doesn't become part of what you're going to budget. This is the Lord's. The Lord has laid this on my heart, or I believe in 10%, whatever your belief may be. This is the Lord's. Now let me budget. Mm. Okay? And when you budget, you will prob- you, you should then say, well, what will I pay myself? This is what I'll pay myself. And that will not be, there'll be no temptation to go into that. That is to be called my saving. And I put that aside. And then I budget for the rest. And if I can do that, I will find that uh, that the items that are critical will be on my shopping list. Not necessarily in the quantity that I may want, or not even the brand name that I may want. Um, or as you said, brother, it's not with the ice cream, but not with the cones. You know, you, you, you just use some wisdom there to include the things that have to be included without going over budget. We have a question that's coming from a listener in the Southern Caribbean. Good night, Brother Campbell. What advice would you give on budgeting specifically on traveling, renting, and going to school? Traveling, renting, and going to school. I'm not 100% sure I follow because traveling could mean traveling for health reasons or it could mean traveling for educational purposes if it's a long distance away. Um, uh, I have, uh, uh, I think I prepared uh, what I would call a list of things that should be considered. I don't know if I can go down to that. Um, if I can find it quickly, maybe that is what this person is looking yeah. at. While you're finding that, let me just do a quick station ID. Um, you are listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, and we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your prayers. We appreciate you encouraging others to listen to the Radio Lighthouse, broadcasting from the island of Antigua on 1160 AM and 92.3 FM, and online at radiolighthouse.org. If you are an ardent listener of the Radio Lighthouse, you may have noticed over the weekend that at times we were off the air. And let me just uh, ask you to continue to pray that we'll have wisdom, being able to address some technical equipment issues that we are facing. We know that nothing catches God by surprise. So please pray for wisdom. And if we do go off the air, let it be a reminder to pray specifically for wisdom for those who are addressing the equipment issues. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 8.11. Brother Campbell? Yes, I would say you list the categories. You have these categories as the listener sent in three that would be considered categories to be considered for your budget. 
you list your categories and then you divide those categories into items. Uh, it's difficult to explain that fully uh, in a talking program. You probably, I would probably normally w would have to have a, um, a, a board or um, PowerPoint. something, yeah. uh, PowerPoint to, for people, persons to follow better. But I would say after the Lord's portion, categories may include investments, housing, grocery, clothing, transportation, I don't know if that's traveling as for a person, healthcare, education, I think that's one mentioned as well, recreation and social activities. Uh, housing was mentioned. Um, the person was probably thinking of rent, but it could be housing in terms of maybe a mortgage in some cases. Uh, th there are those who would not recommend mortgage and or minimize their mortgage. Um, but these are categories, and they, they, they then have to be broken into items. For example... Clothing, school uniforms would come under clothing. Church wear would come under clothing. Exercise clothing would come under clothing. So that's how you break them into items, the categories into items. Um, housing, if you're renting, then I would say uh, rent at a, at a level... Um, that allows you to save towards your own home. Uh, it doesn't matter if persons think that, well, you have a, a good enough job to live in a more prestigious neighborhood with uh, in a home that um, has a, a lot more amenities. They may think that, but you know what you are, what your goal is. So you, you know, in housing, you can break it into that. Into, the, into those areas. Uh, healthcare is very important. Transportation is important, and you have to determine whether traveling by bus is uh, best for you at this point, at the point that you're at, or um, if you can use one of the financial resources available to acquire uh, transport of your own. You may find that doing that maybe um, uh, more economical than than traveling by bus or it may be the other way but everyone has to consider for himself or herself what is uh, best for them uh, very practical categories there and I think it would be a pertinent time for me to ask how do you prioritize which one of those categories should be most important and which should be least important? Uh, there's prioritizing and there's prioritizing. There's prioritizing for a place on the list and there's also prioritizing for quantity so that this one may get... The, both items may be on the list but one gets more of the uh, money available than the other. So, is there's prioritizing for listing and there's prioritizing for 
spending. Um, my suggestion is that uh, if you, in your long-term plan, because remember with your budget comes your long-term plan as well, and hence an annual budget is important because that can tell you how much you should have saved by the end of the year. So I have in my budget that at the end of the year, I, I would be saving $1,000, $10,000, $100,000 for those who uh, have other levels of income, a million dollars. Um, but as you make that projection of where you ought to be over a period of time, you may find that you will not be able to take your family to a restaurant every time somebody's celebrating a birthday. You know, you might love doing it. I mean, it's a good feeling. I know about that feeling. and uh, um, But you have to stop and think, do I go to a restaurant where um, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to write a check um, well, these days it's not check, but when I use when my family was little, uh, it was a check, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm going to write a check for eight hundred dollars. When I could probably go to another restaurant and write a check for three hundred dollars. Yeah, you know. So there's that kind of prioritizing as well. A question that has just come in mm-hmm. uh, with regards to the Lord's portion of my income, should you give to a church that refused to help you in your time of need? I'm giving you all kinds of loaded questions tonight. Yes, yes, because I have to think, Not there's no yes and no answer to some questions. Um, Jesus says, if they hate you or hurt you, or as you put it, if someone smites you on one cheek, turn to him the other cheek. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, that's a difficult question for me to answer because there's so many things coming to my mind. At a time when you were in need, the persons who had the rule over the affairs of the church might be different from the persons who are now having rule now that you are in a position to give. The other thing is one has to question what what do we consider to be the source of help when we have need. Very often we think that the church will um, is supposed to come in and and know that I have a need and come in with the rescue plan. But you know, David made a point. He said, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." The Lord is our shepherd, and uh, we probably should not hold it against the church if they did not recognize our need or they did not think that they were the source of the solution. You know, in, in, in my go-to psalm now is Psalm 118, and uh, somewhere around verse 6 of Psalm 118, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. 
And the next verse says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And uh, I think that that is very, very important for us to recognize that it is the Lord who provides for us. And I am not just saying that because preachers say it and I'm a preacher. No, I'm saying it because it is what, brother, there I go again, it is what I have experienced. Mm. I have experienced the Lord solving problems. You know? <laughs> Yesterday I had a situation where I had to help somebody I committed to helping. And uh, it was difficult. I went ahead and did the help. And today I went to another location, another kind of situation, and found that what was difficult for me to give, unexpectedly, I was receiving three times wow. more than what I had given that person. The Lord provides. Yeah. He still does. He does it every day. You know? Um, and we, we, we just have to learn to trust in the Lord. And therefore, don't hold it against the, the church because that only makes us bitter, not better. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, and we are talking about finances. And Brother Campbell is filling in for Pastor Murphy, who is normally here to answer your questions. But Brother Campbell, as he's discussing marriage and finances and how to budget, the importance of budgeting, is doing a very good job answering it from a biblical worldview. If you have a question, go ahead and call in, and you can speak live on the air to ask your question. 268-462-7420 is the number to call. If you'd rather WhatsApp or text your question, you can send it to 268-782-1454. Brother Campbell, in relation to that last question, uh, referencing the church didn't help in time of my need, Again, I don't know the individual who asked this question. I don't know any of the details. But isn't it true that different people define need as differently? Some people think they're in dire need when others would say, oh, that's just a little need. I've got a, bit, a larger need. So it could be difficult also for a church to ascertain exactly how desperate the need may be time across the Eastern Caribbean is 8.22 on this Tuesday evening. Brother Campbell, anything else you want to mention in relation to these list of categories, prioritizing or quantifying before we uh, jump back to where we were? Yes. Um, <clears throat> the note that I mentioned to some extent, I want to reiterate that, Note that investment would include life insurance and saving and other things as well. Uh, health should include health insurance. That's important. Uh, if you can access health insurance, I think that's a good thing to do. Uh, let, me, let me jump in and play devil's advocate here. There are those who would say, as Christians... We have rewards in heaven, and that's where we're setting aside and 
investing in our rewards and I should be trusting in God to care for my needs, is it right for a Christian to buy insurance or to set aside and save for the future since God is in control of all and he'll meet my needs? It is right because it is what the Word of God says. And uh, for people who ask me that question, I would go to Second Corinthians 12 and verse 14, uh, where it says, Paul says, the third time I'm ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you. You know, I'm not going to be a burden to you for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Hmm. That's the word of God telling us that we should lay up. And I, in my own experience, I've encountered people who says, I am not going to buy any insurance to have my children fight over it when I'm dead and gone. And... <laughs> I remember one person saying that to me, and not so long after, he was dead and gone. Mm. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is that he he didn't leave much for the children. And I've had some bad experiences. When I said bad experiences, people who took that approach and then left me to feel badly about their children left behind. But the Bible tells us clearly that we ought to lay up for our children and not get children so that they can lay up for us. And uh, in addition to that, we need to find the most prudent way of laying up. So I can lay up $100 a month, and 10 years uh, down the road, I have $12,000 thereabout. And then life changes, takes that sudden turn whether the person departs the you know the, the person saving and twelve twelve thousand dollars and all it could do is bury them hmm. you know whereas that same hundred dollars spent in insurance and then in the event of that person's premature demise the person dies earlier than he would expect that hundred dollars probably would have bought him uh, well, $50,000 in, um, let's say, term insurance, and I'm not selling insurance <laughs> through this, I'm just being reasonable. Yeah. Uh, $50,000 in term insurance. And if that same person has that same experience of early demise, that 50000 would both bury him and maybe set his children on, on, on the road to something uh necessary for themselves, whether it be in education, housing, etc. So the Lord in his wisdom has set this as a principle. And uh, had Paul not mentioned it here, we might have had all kinds of arguments about this. But he said it very clearly. He says, the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Brother Campbell, we have Codrington calling from Antigua. Codrington, please go ahead quickly with your question. Okay. Um, good night to the panel. My question is they have two Adam. Um, the first one was Adam with Eve and the second Adam is Jesus Christ with Mary. So I want 
didn't get the end of that question. All right. If you can give us, uh, Codrington, if you can uh, list the end of that question again. The first atom, you said, represents sin, and the second atom represents the mother of all righteousness? Yeah. And you want that explained, or if that's... Okay. Uh, Brother Campbell, is that a a biblical concept? Um, Not at all. Uh, Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sinned, and obviously that's the first Adam, says, By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then it says, Nevertheless, verse 14 of Romans 5, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, that's under the law, even over them that had not uh, sinned, etc. Verse 15, But as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, not mother, by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. So the righteousness is not by uh, any mother, but by Jesus Christ. And uh, verse 21 says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. By Jesus. It doesn't mention any other person there. And uh, in Second Corinthians we have the same kind of teaching. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, um, so my, I'm at First Corinthians. I, I, I've got it here. Second okay. Corinthians mm-hmm. five twenty one says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for us in that he took our sins upon himself so that the righteousness of God in Christ might be bestowed upon us who believe on him. So it's all about Jesus, not about anyone else. Codrington, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. And remember to keep Jesus Christ as the number one and not Mary, not any pastor or church leader or priest. It is Jesus Christ that we should be discussing more than any other individual. Time across the Eastern Caribbean is 831. We've got just under 30 minutes left in tonight's episode of That's Truth. If you have a question, go ahead and call in. The phone line is now open and available, 268 268- 462-7420. We'll put you live on the air. And you can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Brother Campbell, we're discussing uh, finances in the marriage and budgeting. And you talked 
begin the program by talking about uh, living within the financial means of the family. What about debt accumulation or debt in general? What are your thoughts? It is something from which every person starting a family should run from. Uh, I know there one guy in the secular world don't remember his name I can check well it's easy to check it really but he wrote that book Die Broke and uh, it seems as though his idea is that you you know borrow and spend and live up <laughs> <laughs> eat drink and live for tomorrow we die <laughs> yeah uh, we 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 shouldn't be that reckless. We shouldn't be anything. We shouldn't follow any such uh, instruction. Uh, but debt accumulation without generating additional revenue, revenue streams, could be a big problem for married couples as for individuals, unmarried individuals. So we need to do that. One, I would say... Uh, the go-to solution in the absence of proper budgeting is borrowing and that is not what we should be doing rather than borrowing we should be budgeting I would also say that borrowing is digging a financial hole the more you borrow the deeper the hole and the more difficult it will be to emerge from that that hole I can assure you that this is one experience you do not want to have for yourself, that experience of borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. You borrow, and then you borrow to pay what you borrowed, and then you uh, borrow because the second borrowing was bigger than the first, and so there's a third borrowing, and so it goes on and on until finally the marriage is on the rocks. Your mind is confused. You're aging rapidly. And uh, life does not seem to be worth living, as some people would end up saying. It is better to learn from the bitter experience of others. Don't go try borrowing because you want to have your own experience. Take it from those who have made the mistake and uh, avoid it. Brother Campbell, we have a question that has come in. How does an individual make it on their own without the support of their parents, as is stated in 2 Corinthians, where it talks about the parents setting aside for the children? (laughs) That is a sincere question that is also a very (laughs) clever one. (laughs) Because now we're turning the... We're pointing the gun the other way, as it were. (laughs) For uh, we read there in Romans 12, 14, yes, that the children, the parents ought to lay up for the children. Uh, My take on that is that as children, they lay up for the children as parents, over children 
so that that laying up is for children while they are children. Uh, if it is in any way to provide for them, it will be to provide an education, a good education for them. It would also be in providing good instructions about life, the, uh, the qualities that are important in life, things like politeness, um, the matter of being thrifty, learning to save, and so on. So we help to build up in them those characteristics that are important for survival. It is not the same as saying, well, okay, boy, you're 21, now here's $100,000. Go make it in life. Some would be able to do that. But I think what is more important is for them to have uh, the training necessary to be a successful individual uh, when the time comes for them to go off on their own. Um, I don't think that it is uh, that difficult for children to make it on their own without a bonanza from their parents. Thank you to the individual who sent in that question. Again, uh, your heartfelt questions are definitely appreciated here on the lighthouse and specifically on that's truth as we attempt to answer them from a biblical worldview uh, obviously we are not aware of all the details in your life but our goal is to answer questions from a biblical worldview anything else you'd like to mention brother campbell in relation to debt before we move on to the next point yes i would like to uh, to say that um, let's put it as, a, as a one disclaimer uh, one disclaimer would be that one may point out that borrowing to invest in sound and proven business is quite different from consumer borrowing you know borrowing just to buy things and have things and uh, using the credit card to buy an expensive suit or an expensive dress, an expensive pair of shoes. That's consumer borrowing because that credit card is borrowing as the worst form of borrowing. But borrowing to invest in sound and proven business is quite different. I remember some years ago, a young man, he was at the time 26 years old, went from his native country to the United States. And he said he arrived at in, in the United States with $100. Now, how he did what he did, I don't know, but he went to several banks, took out accounts, you know, however he was able to, and got from them credit cards. And he used those credit cards to invest in an online business that he started himself, in which he was uh, listing... Um, st uh, statements that could be used, you know, for ads, for adver uh, advertising purposes, and uh, and then he got them. Um, he 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 got them. Um, what's the word now? Anyhow, he got them registered 
Oh, like copyrighting. Copyrighting. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> he got them copyrighted on, on, on the, his name. So persons now seeing those things had to pay him for the right to use them. And he did that, and in a few short years, he was a multi-millionaire. Hmm. So that's a case of investing, borrowing to invest. So he could, he was virtually debt-free after a short period of time. Now that is one kind of borrowing. Uh, I wouldn't criticize that kind of borrowing, but borrowing just to look good while the suit is new is not a good idea because what happens when the suit turns old? Yeah. What about the dangers of failure to plan? How does that relate to finances in the family? Uh, it is very important because if you don't know where you're going, you won't be able to plan, and if you don't plan, you won't get to where you want to go. Uh, hence, I would say there should be planning, and planning should be on three levels. The short term, and usually short term is seen as present to uh, the next five years. The medium term, and that can be anywhere five years and, what, ten years. And then the long-term plan. And uh, uh, these plans will help to determine what we can afford, what can be afforded. And especially in relation to the long-term, because my long-term plan may be my dream house. And if that's my long-term plan, it will tell me what I cannot afford to put on my short-term plan. Mm. There are some things that have to be left off of my short-term plan so that I can have my dream house 10 years down the road. Some people are more inclined to plan. Uh, they're just the way that their mind is, maybe their upbringing. Should all of us be striving to plan the finances, plan our future? Or if I don't naturally have that inclination, if I didn't grow up in a household that did a lot of planning, uh, should I just say, well, that doesn't apply to me and move on to the next point? Well, if they choose not to plan, then they are going to plunge. And it might be in a deep hole. Hmm. So I would say plan. Don't plunge. And don't blame anything on the upbringing because uh, there are all kinds of avenues available to show us uh, the show us more about life and and uh, how how do we deal with it? What are the problems that um, may lie ahead, and how to avoid the problems and to work towards the solutions? You know, it. it there are all kinds of um, educational sources available. In my days, it was sitting down and reading a book, <laughs> but uh, a long book. But today, you, as you are able to do, brother, so often to help us out here, you just Google the thing, you know, and 
and and you learn a, a whole lot about how to deal with investments and how to do a good budget and so forth. Can you speak a little bit about the dangers of not including savings as a priority as it relates to finances? Yes, as I said, uh, savings should be a priority. And to the point where uh, you would determine that saving is a way of uh, paying yourself, you know. Um, as I would say, your salary is what your employer pays you. The saving is what you pay yourself. And I, that's not my original. That's one of the things I learned in one of the courses I had to do. And some people thought that this course, these, these things were so important to teach that they took me from Antigua to a posh hotel in a place called Tobago, Trinidad and Tobago, one of their post hotels in Tobago to spend a whole week there learning about planning and budgeting and this, you know, all of those things. And so these things are very, very important. So it's it's not um, necessarily my original statement there that your check comes from your employer, but savings is what you pay yourself. And I would um, advise persons to uh, make sure you pay yourself every month. You'll quarrel with your employer if he doesn't pay you. Well, make sure you pay yourself. You do not budget to know how you can save. You save, and then you will know how much is left for you to budget. Mm. How do you advise the listener to move forward who says, Brother Campbell, I normally set aside that amount each month for the Lord as the first thing, but I just had this emergency and I have to have that money in order to pay, you name the bill, let's just say a medical bill. Do I still have to set aside that money or this month can I not, pay my tithe and my offering as the Lord has burdened me and I'll double it or triple it next month. What are your thoughts? Um, Paul gave some advice to the Corinthian Christians in Second Corinthians chapter 8 and I think it is verse 12 and he says now hmm, I feel a little guilty reading this but please take it and under advisement. In other words, don't use this as a cop-out from putting aside the Lord's money. <laughs> but it says here, for if there be first a willing mind, once you have a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. I don't know if you follow if you follow that, then maybe the listeners are following it as well. <laughs> Give it to me again. So in start with a willing mind. He says, "Do you have a willing mind?" This is not a case where I want to find some way of avoiding paying the putting aside a large portion. Yeah. I w I have a willing mind. 
And therefore it says, God will judge you not based on what you don't have, mm -hmm. but on what you have. So, if it happens that you don't have, the Lord is not going to judge you, uh, not going to hold you responsible for judgment in that case. But once you have that willing mind, I would say, even if you can't give all, you can give some. Yeah, he doesn't say don't give. He said, but it, you, you give according to what you have, not according to what you ha don't have. Maybe we should read that in another... Uh, I'm not a person for uh, the modern translations, but... Give me the reference that. again, and I'll look it up here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 12. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 12. And mm -hmm. here's a, a modern... Uh, translation says, For if the readiness is there, mm -hmm. it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. I don't know if that makes it a little clearer. Yeah. Okay. And but there must be a readiness to give. Yeah. There is a question that has come in from a listener. Uh, good evening. While I can't wait to hear Pastor Murphy's voice again, it is truly a delight to listen to you, Brother Nestor. You are helpful and appreciated greatly. I have a question on finances as a believer. I do not attend a church that pressures its members to tithe, so the distress does not come from there. I struggle with tithes and offerings once in a while when issues pop up that drain funds quickly. And... Ironically, this question deals very much with the question that I just asked you. But uh, God's giving is matchless and bountiful, which is why it breaks my spirit when I cannot give or can give only give less. I also love the body of Christ, which is one other factor that makes this challenging. On one hand, I have the mindset that God owns everything, so it's fine to give and hope the funds show up for the other more essential things later. On the other hand, I know he also wants me to be faithful and sensible steward with what he has given me. Do you have any perspective or advice that I can consider to possibly avoid future bouts of sadness when I am only able to give less or cannot give at all to the body of Christ due to pop-up expensive issues? Thank you for your help, Brother Campbell. Oh, yes. Uh, budgeting might help there, you know. Prioritizing, as we mentioned, in the budget. Because we may cut down what we want to give for the Lord because we have these things in our budget. On the other hand, we may cut down some of the things we have in the budget. Not cut out, but cut down. And uh, even before we do that, I still believe that we should put aside the Lord's portion first. You know, as we were told in Proverbs, that we should honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruit of all our increase. In, uh, in uh, I think, Numbers 
chapter 18, Deuteronomy 18 and Numbers 18, we are told that the first fruit shall be um, Numbers 18 and verse 4. Okay, that says, And they shall be joined unto thee, and keep the charge Sorry, sorry, Deuteronomy, did I say Numbers? Uh, let me go there, Deuteronomy 18 and, and verse, verse 4. four. Mm-hmm. That says, The first fruits also of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the first fruits of the fleece of thy sheep, shalt thou give him. That's to the Levi. Verse 5 for me, please. For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons, forever. Okay, that's Aaron and his sons, actually. And uh, Levi follows. But the point is, the equivalence of that now is in First Corinthians chapter 9. So we're reading there where in the Old Testament the first fruit and the tithe was set aside for those who ministered in the temple and ministered at the altar. Um, the equivalent of that for the New Testament times is for the care of those who preach the gospel. I think First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 9 Okay, mm-hmm. verse Mm-hmm. I think this is the verse you're going for. Mm-hmm. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care of oxen? Mm-hmm. Could you read verse 14 too, please? Yes, I can. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Right. And so we... Um, we're told that about the um, ox and so on, but we're also told that, um, verse 13, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? And those are some of the things we are reading about there in uh, Deuteronomy 18 and Numbers 18 also deals with it and uh, other scriptures as well. Um, but now he says, just as they ministered at, in, in the Old Testament, you know, some people say, oh, that's Old Testament. But Paul is saying, just as they did in the Old Testament, it is to be done in the New Testament. He says, even so, just as it was done then, from verse 13, verse 14 says, Even so had the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Isn't it amazing how God's word has the answers for what we need in today's life? Amen. I know there are those that say, oh, it's antiquated. It was written thousands of years ago. doesn't apply to me. There's new scenarios that have come up. And I want to wrap up um, a question that I have in relation to that is, Brother Campbell, were the Bible written today and in light of individuals claiming to be of a gender that is not previously recognized, what would the new Bible's position be on marriage? It would be the same as it is now 
Yeah, or as it was then, I should probably say. Because God's attitude towards this uh, new development, and it's not new, it was always there, you know. Sin was always there, as Mr. the Honorable Gentleman from Codrington, and I say that because I don't know his name, uh, raised this matter of the first Adam and sin. Sin was there from the beginning. And... uh, um, in Romans chapter 1, we are told about those people who, verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And it refers to the specifics of their lies. It's the, the, the truth of God that they changed. It says in verse 23, And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like the corruptible man. And then they went on to do a lot of wicked things. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. It is unnatural, it is wrong, it is bad. And likewise, verse 27 says, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, which was appropriate. And so as it was then, God hated it then, he hates it now, and were the Bible to be written afresh today, these things will be condemned out of hand. Brother Campbell, in the last minute and a half of tonight's episode, it's gone by very quickly, and as you've been discussing the finances and the world that we live in today and marriage and how to have a strong marriage dealing with finances. Any final thoughts or words of advice that you would give here in the last minute of tonight's episode? Yes, I would say, again, list your categories. Prioritize them based on family needs. You would know the needs of your family. And then quantify them based on the family means. So... The needs determine the priority and the means determines the quantity. And so I would say that that's where we uh, need to uh, um, examine and plan for our family. And remember, the parents ought to lay up for the children and not the children for parents. And you can't lay up properly unless you have a good budget for the family. Thank you for the very practical information, Brother Campbell, and we look forward to another exciting, informative, Bible-based episode next week, Lord willing. And for all who interacted in the program tonight, thank you and God bless. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth.
Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kilohertz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time.